Ever since I switched my major to a psychology major, my life has dramatically improved because I find psychology so incredibly interesting. I don't know why. Something about the human brain, uh, but understanding the emotional parts of it is just so interesting to me, especially because I think it's like, it's, uh, it's like, there's such a biological basis to like emotions and all that, but there's also so much more that goes into it than just the biology of the brain. It's like social experiences, um, maybe traumatic events that have happened. Like there's just so many things that go into psychology that make it so interesting for me. So in this episode, I want to talk about some of the coolest things I learned since being a psychology major. So I'm dabbling in the educational genre a little bit in this episode. So also, I am recording this episode, um, like a video recording. I'm trying to do that. So if it works out, then you get to see my face while I talk. If that's something that you want, uh, there you go. But yeah, let's just jump straight into it. I just had a midterm for one of my psychology courses yesterday, so I am still in psychology mode. So let's just, I just want to talk about some things that I like. Okay, so... So the first thing I learned that was really interesting to me uh, was in a course that I took called Positive Psychology. Positive Psychology, if I were to explain it, it's literally positive psychology. Like how to improve your well-being. That was the whole class. Can you imagine how lucky I was to even have a class? like I, th- This class was so amazing and the professor was so good. We would literally just go in every single week, once a week for three hours and just learn how to be happier that was the whole point of the class one one like of the most interesting things i learned in that class there's one interesting thing and then one like really funny thing but the interesting thing was that if you think about being in a marriage right people in marriages sometimes they want to have children now Studies show, at least what we learned in our class, is that couples with children, I'm just reading it off my computer, couples with children are less happy, but their well-being is higher. So there's a difference between happiness and well-being, right? Well-being is like a quality of life, whereas happiness is more like a feeling. You know what I mean? So I think it's crazy how a lot of couples will still go out of their way to have kids, even though it decreases their happiness in life. But the reason for that is because it fulfills them so much that it improves their well-being, their quality of life, their purpose. Isn't that absolutely... There's no way I'm the only one that just finds that crazy. And it gets me thinking about my life too, because... I also, uh, well, okay, not about my life, but I also think about it like this, like, have you ever heard people who have, like, graduated university and are already working, have you ever heard them be like, oh, I wish I could go back to school, I wish I could go back to university, but, like, during university, we're all stressed out and we're all really tired, but they're like, oh, I wish I could go back, maybe that's another one of those things where it's like, University doesn't make them happier, but it just really improves their well-being. Just like being in school and doing something. 
I, I, this made me realize that I do a lot of things for my well-being and not my happiness. I do things because I love, like, if I decide to do something, it's because I love the grind of it. Like, the every time after final exam season, okay, right when I'm done my last exam, I have this feeling of, like, oh, oh, ow. I have this feeling of, like, oh. What do I do now? Like, I feel like, ow. You know what I mean? Because in final exam, look, we already talked about the final exam week, dog. So we're not going to go into that again. But I feel like it's kind of, it, it is kind of similar. Where like being in final exam season, my happiness is at zero. But I'm in such a grind that I have so much adrenaline that I'm just like, when I get out of it, I'm like, oh, I don't, like, what am I working towards this week since I've done my exams? Is that related at all? Pretty much what I'm trying to say is I think in some, in some sense, being busy with school benefits my well-being and it gives me purpose, even if it doesn't make me happy. So... When I get out of final exam season and my final exam week dog calms down, then I'm kind of like, oh, like I'm not necessarily happier. I mean, okay, don't get, okay. When I finish my last exam, I'm, I am happy like for the first day, but then afterwards I just get a little bored. You know, maybe this is just me. Maybe this is not relatable at all, but that's just what I think. Um, one other funny thing we learned in that class was that you are never oh why do i keep hitting things man sorry but um i learned that i'm sorry i'm having a equipment malfunction does that sound good like asmr i'm sorry um i learned that you are never fully focused on a task uh like for example if you're in class right only a, you're only focused for a certain amount of time if you're driving you're only focused like a certain amount but we learned that the one activity where you are always focused a hundred percent of the time is when you're having sex now um I can't speak from experience, but it sounds believable. But yeah, when you're in class, no one's <clears throat> paying attention 100%. But when you're having sex, that's when you are the most, you're 100% focused. And that was also really interesting to me. But if you think about it, it I think it kind of makes sense. But then again, I wouldn't know if I'm going to be honest with you. So, but yeah, I just thought that was a, another interesting fact. Now, the next person I want to talk about is Sigmund Freud. I took a course last semester called Theories of Personality. One of the most interesting courses I've ever taken in my entire life. And it was pretty much we learned about the different theories of personalities from the perspective of different, like, psychologists and theorists. 
And that's when I learned about my boy, Sigmund Freud. If you don't know who Sigmund Freud is, um, I would explain him by saying he said that kids grow up to be attracted to their parents of the opposite gender. Like if you grew up as a boy, then as a kid, you are attracted to your mom. He wrote that and published it and said, okay, and like he didn't care what you thought about that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it sounds a little weird, but he didn't care. He was like, okay, and that's who Sigmund Freud was. So he was a guy that just, he really do be saying, uh, he really do be saying, but it, his theories are really interesting. I remember um, reading, he said that when, when boys grow up, they feel attracted to their mother, uh, but because they're always in competition with their father, they, um, I think it's called like castration anxiety. Let me just make sure. But it's, it's pretty much the anxiety. Okay. Castration anxiety is the psychoanalytic concept to describe a boy's fear of loss or damage to his penis. So pretty much Freud was like a little boy is attracted to his mom. But because he's in competition with his dad and he's always going to lose, he fears that the dad is going to beat him in competition by cutting off his penis. So instead, he identifies with the father. Like he tries to be like the father. Can you believe that? He wrote that, published it and said, I don't care about you. I don't care what you think. But there's another, um, the one for girls is called the Electra Complex. So, the Electra Complex is, oh yeah, so when a, when a girl is young, Freud says they get attracted to the father, but they're in competition with the mother for the father, right? Um, but for Freud, he said there's something called, um, the Electra complex, which is, or no, not the, ele it's called a penis envy. So pretty much, uh, Freud was like a little girl who's attracted to his father or her father is jealous that he has a penis. So she has penis envy. So I don't know. I think, in my opinion, I think Freud placed too much focus on the penis. But that's just, I'm not a psychologist, right? He's the guy. He's him at the end of the day, just because he said it and published it and said, okay. But he really, um, the penis was a common theme in his, uh, he said a lot of weird things, if I'm going to be honest. Uh but it's almost to the point where it's res it's respectable. Just like the stuff he said. It's just absolutely insane. Um, another theorist that I really loved learning about, his name is Alfred Adler. And he his theory of personality was based on a thing called inferiority feelings. 
So pretty much, and the reason why I want to talk about this guy as opposed to like the so many other theorists I learned about, I learned about is because his is the one I agree with the most. But he pretty much said that our personality is driven by our inferiority. Like we always feel a sense of, <clears throat> we always feel a sense of inferiority in life, that we're not good enough, that we have to do better. And he says that these feelings drive us to try to become better. It drives our behaviors. It drives our actions. I think about this, uh, maybe I'm wrong in, in this example, but I think about it <clears throat> like, I don't feel like I'm nice enough to people, so I want to be nice to people, right? So I feel, inf- I feel like <clears throat> I'm not, what is in my throat? What, what went into my throat? I don't know. And it's just, you notice I did the <clears throat> twice and it didn't help. Now it helped. Okay. <clears throat> what was I even saying? Uh, the inferiority feelings. So I'm thinking like, I'm, I'm inferior in my ability to be nice. So I want to try to be nice. I'm not good enough at soccer like my other friends. So I want to work harder in soccer. So Adler said those inferiority feelings drive behavior and it drives our personality. It drives what we want to do. But it becomes a problem when the inferiority feelings become an inferiority complex. And that is where you have low self-esteem and the uh, mental health issues associated with that, right? And then he also talked about the... um, um, like having an ego. I forgot what the, what the term he used was, but he also talked about like with inferiority feelings, you can have an inferiority complex where you just, you're all, you always think you're just not enough and it affects your self-esteem or you can go the, you can go the other way, which is that you have a huge ego. And he says, when you fall into those two categories, that's when you have like mental health issues. Um, but the reason why I found his uh, theory so interesting is because of the fact that it, I, because I'm thinking and I'm like, he's talking, he's saying that our behaviors and our actions and the way we think is kind of due to n- like negative thinking, if that makes sense. But then I'm talking negative thinking. I'm saying like the inferiority feelings. Like he's pretty much saying that our daily behavior is driven by inferiority feelings, which is negative, but he says that is healthy and it's normal. So I find it interesting that why isn't it that why isn't it the other way around where feelings of competence drive our behavior why is it that we're why is it that we have to feel that we're not always good enough in order to act on something but the second we think we're good enough at it it doesn't drive that same behavior according to adler at least that's what i found really interesting and that's where i agree i think us as humans we're always striving for more and i think that if we get to a point where we feel like we're too good at everything i think that's when we break apart that's why i think that we do need to feel inferior sometimes we do need to feel like we have something to achieve 
You know what I mean? Because if we don't have that, then what are we doing? What's the point? What are we doing? But, um, yeah. Adler was probably, uh, he had the theory that I agreed with uh, the most, for sure. Uh, when you are a psychology major, there's a lot of emphasis, I feel like, on the childhood. You learn a lot about the childhood experiences. And I think that has been one of the most interesting things for me. Because we, I think, like, it's kind of like, it's kind I don't want to say obvious, like maybe some people don't know, but I've, I found it obvious that of course the childhood affects how you grow up, how you think, and it can have long-term effects on your mental health. But I think once I really learned about the specific uh, things, like especially when it comes to socialization in the family and at school that can affect your mental health, it's insane. And it got me thinking about, it actually kind of like, because I am very lucky to have never gone through anything traumatic in my childhood. But, you know, like there's always things that we like went through in our childhood that bothered us that if we think back to it, it's like, that's not great, you know. And I start to think about those things and um, I feel like I have a better sense of connecting the dots between my past and my present now. Which is, that was an insight that, like, I never had in my life before. Because we learn about how, especially parents, parenting is so important when it comes to, because as a kid, we would just want to listen to our parents. So we're very, like, influenced by them, right? And I think that thinking back to every experience I've had, not only with my parents, but my friends and all that, I can kind of go back and connect the dots more. And that has been the craziest, one of the craziest parts about me becoming a psych major is that I've, if there's any, if there's anything I learned about the most, it's about myself. Being a psychology major, I learned the most about myself. Because here's the thing with psychology, right? I'm not going to sit here, like, uh, Look, being a psychology major is as hard as you make it, right? If you want to take seven courses of, of uh, seven courses a semester in psychology, if you want to be like a neuropsychologist, if you want to, then it's hard. Being a psychology major is hard, right? But I would say that a lot of the course content of psychology is relatively easy. Because, okay, so I used to be a biology, I used to be a biology major and a psychology minor. And then I just said, you know what, I just want to do biology. I don't want to do psychology. And then I switched to psychology major with biology concentration. Now, um, in all honesty, like psychology coursework is nothing compared to biology. It's not even close, but um, the thing about psychology is that you think that when you're reading the notes, you think that what it's saying is common sense, but it doesn't really click until you think about it in the way that the course that you're in will make you think about it. So for example... 
like I was just talking about the childhood, right? Before I was a psychology major, I knew that the child, I know the childhood affects, like, it can affect us in the long term. But when you actually read it and you read about it and you learn about it, then you're like, I burped, I'm sorry. Then you're like, damn, like it's, I knew this before, but now it really clicks. Like now it sets in a lot. You know what I mean? That was one of the reasons why I was um, adamant on becoming a psychology major at first because I thought it was going to be boring. Um, But even when you're told something that you already know, hearing it is different and, and learning about it is different. So that was the thing about the childhood that I found interesting. I always knew the childhood affected, but not like how I know now. And not like, yeah, now I, 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 it's interesting. I can connect it to many parts of my life now. So that's why I, and that brings you to my next point that I said earlier, which is that if there's anything I learned in my psychology major, it's uh, like I learned about myself the most. Because whenever I learn something crazy in psychology that really interests me, I instantly think about it in the perspective of myself or my friends, right? Like if I learn that, um, uh, for example, like I'm in a course right now called Psychology of Social Media, right? Very interesting course. And we learned a lot about uh, addictions. Um, and it's, it was just interesting. I was, we watched this like mini documentary of this woman who had a really bad addiction to video games to the point where it actually ruined, like she wouldn't spend time with her family. She gave up on them. Anytime she would walk into an arcade, she would get extreme anxiety just because she had such an addiction to like computerized games. Right. And, um, it got me thinking about how much I played Clash of Clans when I was like 10. <laughs> I, I don't know if I had an addiction, but it's just, in a sense, I could relate. So I'm like, damn, like I showed signs of this. I showed signs of that, right? I showed signs of an addiction. And it's just like, I don't know. I feel what I'm trying to say is I feel like being a psychology major, you learn a lot about yourself because even though you learn things that seem obvious, when you when you when you're sitting in a class and you're learning about it, you can apply it more to your life and then it becomes 100% more interesting, which is why I think I learned about myself the most. Um the last point <laughs> I wrote notes for this episode And the last point I made to talk about was that it just says feelings make no sense. So uh, out of everything I've learned in psychology, I learned that feelings don't are weird. Feelings are very weird. I'm in a course right now called abnormal psychology. So we're learning about psychological disorders and um, it's, it's some of them just don't make sense. Literally. They just do not make sense. Uh, one, and when I say they don't make sense, I'm not saying that like, I'm, I'm not saying I don't believe in it or I don't believe it exists. No, that's absolutely not what I'm saying. Like, but what I am saying is like, it, does, it doesn't make sense 
in the way of like how it even comes about like it's just crazy okay for example like um body dysmorphia right or just like body dysmorphia for example right when you when you when you see your body in a way that's unfavorable but the rest of us don't see it like that let's say you think your nose is big right okay actually i'm not i'm not saying i have body dysmorphia but i'm just saying i tell my friends all the time i have this weird bump in my nose they look at me and say what the hell are you talking about so why is my brain saying i have a bump in my nose maybe my friends are lying to me but they're not because why would they lie to you about that but that's what that's what i'm saying when it doesn't make any sense it's like you can perceive yourself you can literally look at yourself differently than how you actually are and you will never oh okay this go this kind of goes back to like um something i learned in a course called cognitive psychology about facial recognition right we all have a process to recognize faces and imagine you will never be able to recognize faces like someone else so you can never be able to perceive yourself through the eyes of someone else ever so even when you look in the mirror and look at yourself it's not the same you do not look the same to another person because they will rec- they they recognize your face in their own way think about it like this like imagine if you went to go to your friend or imagine you went to your friend and you said just looking at me what do you think is my biggest insecurity i bet money they would not get it right because they won't see it like how you see it right so it's interesting man it's interesting i had um, a, a little chip quick funny story uh, but I'll make it really quick. I was biting my nails in the library one day, and my ch- my my very front tooth, I had a chip because I was biting so hard. I haven't bitten my nails since. Um, and I had to wait to get a filling. So, but when I was talking to my friends, I'm like, "Oh my god, they're gonna notice this chip. They're gonna notice. It's gonna be so weird." But none of them noticed, and it was it was like my very front tooth. None of them noticed. It wasn't until I told my friend, hey, do you notice this chip in my tooth? And they're like, what? I just noticed now you shouldn't have told me because I didn't even notice. I was like, damn. (laughs) I was like, oops. But yeah, psychology. I, I recommend like, I always recommend people to take psychology courses but i will say i don't know how it is in other universities but in the universities that i know or like just in general intro psychology courses are tough like those are long but once you get to the upper level psychology courses it's so extremely interesting um i wish i could talk about it more but i think i have to go i'm in a course called psychology of gender too that one is interesting as well um, but I kind of joined because I thought it was going to be, I'm going to be honest, like I, I joined because I thought it was going to be a little bit more controversial, but it's, it's not, you just, I'm just learning about the differences psychologically between men and women, but also about like feminism and all that psychology, man. But don't get me wrong. Um, I could make a whole other video about being a bio major because being a biology major is also has stories.
and things. Um, I could, you know what? I may, I might make a whole episode on OChem on organic chemistry, but I might cry talking about it. But you'll know why when I make that episode. But anyways, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, as always, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, and I will see you guys later. God bless.